following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang Bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 77 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. This is Stank. Stank, how are you doing this week, man? It's been uh, it's been quite the week with WandaVision coming out, but I we will be talking WandaVision just uh, a little bit later in the show. But how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Actually, like the the whole WandaVision thing, I was looking forward to like that. You you know when you have a week and like you can kind of separate it into like many goals or destinations to help you get through the week quicker, like. I was just waiting and waiting. And I know you said for WandaVision, you were going to stay up mm-hmm. to watch it. Um, and I tried to do that. I couldn't do it, but yeah, no, I, I'm really happy about that. I mean, otherwise it's been a pretty quiet week, but I'm not complaining because we've had several pretty balls to the walls weeks in a row at the shop. See, it was you mentioned like you kind of set goals for yourself for the week. That was me because this week we had uh, the crates, the pro wrestling crates that uh, myself and Frank are kind of in charge of getting done over here at the shop. And this uh, this one was way bigger than last previous months. So yeah. typically we we would get it done in two days. This uh, this time we had to get it done in three because there was just that much more. And I was like, okay. I was like, the last day is Thursday. I was like, so if I can make Thursday, I'm like, I know this new episode will drop like at two in the morning. I'm like, so I can, I, I could just stay up. And I've literally, I had insomnia all week long. Like I could not sleep for the life of me. I was coming to work around like 11 when I normally come in around 10. And it was just like, I needed that extra hour of sleep. So definitely that but also one thing that kind of like kept me busy when i couldn't sleep and i mentioned it to you was uh i've sort of fallen down this rabbit hole of uh my love for the power rangers again i i I posted on my instagram story i bought one of the books like the the shattered grid books um because i it might have been oh it was actually because of you because you bought that one kimberly figure uh the one with the ranger slayer yeah. yeah, the Ranger Slayer one. And I was like, oh, what's this? And you kind of explained the, you know, the story behind why, you know, Kimberly, famously the Pink Power Ranger, all our all our first crushes growing up, uh, why she looked like that. And I was like, huh, I was like, that actually sounds like pretty interesting. And I, for a while, I've, I've heard of like these Power Ranger comic books actually being pretty good, especially when you consider that like, oh, no, these are. Like these aren't cheesy and over the top like the show because those were already written, you know, and yeah. mo- most of them too, like in the eighties and early nineties. So they're just by virtue of that, they're going to be super cheesy and over the top. Um, but these are written by like actual Power Ranger nerds and delve into like the world and the universe and the continuity and yeah, deep lore. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot there to pick from, and so I I was kind of just going down a rabbit hole. I specifically started rewatching uh, Power Rangers in Space. That one I feel was like the one I resonated with the most, specifically because again, like there's it's like the first four or five seasons that kind of all tie in together as far as like uh, with Zordon and stuff like that, and like even like this first episode, like it, it opens up of the series and it's like all the former villains. You know, you see Rita, you see Zed, you see like the 
all the villains that like all the main villains you've seen up to that point so it's kind of just like oh this is so cool you know it's like uh you know when like wrestlers start showing up at different it's like when kenny omega shows up at impact in a fucking bullet club t-shirt you know you're like what is yeah. going on here um but no and then like so, so i've i mentioned again Power rangers that one i started looking up what just what the various rangers are up to you know because a lot of them just do the con circuit uh, yeah which is always like jason david frank uh green ranger and half the ranger universe is killing it on the con circuit maybe not this year but like leading up to this year yeah oh yeah like i've you know we've been we've been by them years past and the lines that they have is just insane yeah um, and so I'm like looking up the Rangers and Christopher Kamen Lee, he, he plays Andros in Power Rangers in space, the red Ranger for that series. And he was always like my favorite. He was always just like cool looking guy. And so I'm like, okay, let me look him up. And I start looking at these like, uh, like on YouTube first and he's doing all these interviews. Like the guy's cool as fuck. Like he does not care. Like he's just, he's doing these interviews where they're like, uh, you know, what's your most prized possession? And he's saying very vulgar and he's like my cock. Ha ha ha. Like clearly very much like yeah doesn't care like does it like because there's some rangers that you know i've met who are very like uh to the gimmick they very much stick with the gimmick and it, it seems yeah. like this guy is uh learned to lighten up a little bit which is great um but apparently I, i'm like okay i'm like oh let me follow him on instagram and mind you this whole time i'm like man this is guy is someone i wish i would have been able to to meet before all all the covid shutdown and everything well, apparently this weekend he's doing a signing at this little comic book shop over on Clark. Uh, so I'm going to be there um, because I got to meet the guy. You know, it's like it's not that often you get to, like, meet. I mean, listen, if you go to any con, you can probably meet some of the Power Rangers. But I feel like this is a little bit more, like, deep cut where I, like, I've not seen him at any of the cons that we've been to. Uh, so I'm pretty interested for that. Like, again, being on this Power Rangers kick again, I'm – uh, you know, it's morphin time, Dave. It's morphin time. <laughs> well, how much have you read of the of the books? I, I know you said you kind of got jumped into the middle of a storyline on accident, but like, what do you think so far? Well, so I got I got basically book three of like it was like you know the um, the paperback, except this one's a hardcover. Yeah. Uh, so I was very confused at first, like I mentioned to you, where I was like, wait, I was like, what? I, like I literally just got trapped in the middle of a story. Um, yeah. But luckily, uh, Barnes and Noble over here, right by us, they've got. Uh, they had to issue the the first set of um, books, so I, I went. I bought those just so I can kind of start reading. But I mean, even from this, even from like the the first few pages that I read from here, I I like it. You know, it's yeah, yeah. There, there's something about like the like the newer comic books, especially like so. I think wait, as Power Rangers is that Boom Comics or IDW? I don't um, remember. I think it's boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And I think there yeah. are some IDW books. I yeah, don't so know how much like, they cross over though. So like IDW does like the turtles line and you know, you're seeing like a lot of these like nostalgia books and like to me, like, cause that's like my era obviously, but like you're right. Like you, you look at some of the power Rangers shows, especially mighty Morphin, especially like they really pieced it together from old, you know, super sentai footage and it's cheesy and it's corny and they're like, oh, hoo, hoo. you know, they're doing all this stuff. But like these books kind of they take them seriously. They delve into like fairly serious storylines and like they're really good, especially if like if you're looking for a nostalgia kick. 
but you don't want to watch the stuff that didn't age very well. Like these comic books are really good. Like the turtles line in IEDW, they added a fifth turtle, which was like sacrilegious almost, but like, it's cool. And they, they take stuff very seriously. And, uh, it's a really good gateway to get back into like an old fandom, which has definitely been the case with this. Like I mentioned to, I mentioned to you a while back. There's some some story that they did was just like Power Rangers 1969, I believe it's what it's called, mm-hmm. where the basic premise is before the team of Rangers that we know, as far as Mighty Morphin, before that original team, you know, the one you guys all grew up with, uh, yeah. th- there was another team, and there was some like accident on the moon where a majority of them died and there's like the one ranger that's left and she's kind of like no like fuck you zordon like you did this and kind of just her and zordon dealing with these issues i remember reading that and i was like whoa yeah ever see on the show something as serious as like permanent death and then well even then like another reason why i kind of um delve back into in space specifically is because uh, because of death because you meet andros the red ranger and again they don't really delve too much into it in the show there's one episode where they kind of mention but like this guy you know he talks about like oh yeah the you know these bad guys they invaded my planet and uh they put they put one of the rangers in a coma you know, that ranger, he's a, and they do it every season. There's, like, the special ranger that shows up about halfway. Um, and this guy's one of his buddies. He's been in a coma because of that battle. And there was, like, a lot of videos that are just, like, I mean, they're, like, yeah, using, you know, the subtext that's there, you can assume that that bad guy killed the other four rangers because otherwise, why would why would Where, this red the rest? <laughs> they're, like, why would this red ranger be working alone and just happen to have four other morphers, you know? They're like, sure, right. it's a it's a fucking kids show, so you could brush it off as that. They're like, but it would make sense if you factor in that when he meets this villain again, he has such a vendetta against him that it would make sense that yeah, this guy is holding a fucking grudge because this you know this villain killed uh, all the other rangers and um, you know and again. So, but they're not ever gonna flat out say. You know, oh, that's what happened. Like there is, there is at one point one ranger that does die during battle, and one of the, I believe it's the next season after that actually. Um, but that is just because the actress she got cancer and they had to find a way to write her off. So, you know, it's I believe Lost in Galaxy or something Galaxy, uh, the next iteration after in space. There is a ranger that dies. But, I, I mean, again, it was mostly just like, well, we need to write her off because she has cancer and, you know, like it's the right thing to do. Uh, but nonetheless, I know for, for, for all you non-Ranger fans, you're probably just like, oh, geez, do these guys talk any, anything else? Uh, yeah. yeah, let's let's talk a little bit of WandaVision because uh, it was, you know, they, they dropped the first two episodes. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it by now, I, I'm sorry, we're, we're definitely going to delve into we some spoilers. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to talk about it. Um, so just I don't know, let's skip ahead a, a bit because we're definitely gonna delve into some uh, WandaVision. But Dave, what did you think of the first two episodes of WandaVision? So, well, when when I first started the first episode, I saw how short it was. I was Im- immediately I was disappointed, and then I realized, oh, it's a sitcom. 
it's like, you know, it's like a 50s sitcom. Of course, it's going to be like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So that was fine. They nailed that whole, you know, the I Love Lucy look or like the Honeymooners almost eerily perfect, you know, and, you know, they were doing like the effects where Wanda was moving stuff around and you could see it floating and they were actually using wires like they they used all these techniques that they would have done in the early days of sitcom TV, which kind of really added to it. And then they had like the live audience laughing. Um, The one thing I picked up from both episodes, and I'm sure we're going to see it increase as it goes on is there's this, this, this surface of happiness. But of course, if you, if you're kind of reading the subtext of everything, there's this underlying sadness to the whole show. Um, and, and basically, you know, she's keeping up appearances and we don't know exactly what she's doing, but the whole thing is like her coping with the death of vision. And did she really recreate him? I think, I think she did, but, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really great. And then there's, there's moments where like the whole facade of the happy 50 sitcom, they, they break very momentarily, but it, there's like the, these sinister, undertones throughout the whole show i i loved it yeah there were to me like i i don't i i kind of felt i kind of in honesty i I kind of felt like they wasted my time and and as far as like i i enjoyed it but i i know what's going on i am a fan so i i I've, i've got the gist of what's going on you know all uh you know, Hank off the street, Hank off the street, who's never seen one of these movies, maybe has seen one of the Avengers movies, is going, you know, just fresh into this. They're going to have no idea what's going on. And I had several people who who were just like, oh, I, you know, I, I kind of want to get into the Marvel stuff. This is where I'm going to start. And we're just like, I don't, what's going on? I didn't like this. And like, it was cute. The first, you know, like the gimmick of like, oh, okay, the f- and then by the time they get around to episode two, I'm like, <sighs> okay, sure. And mind you, Kevin Feige said like it's going to start like a sitcom, but I would have just preferred more of like, what is going on? Clearly, they're in some sort of um, like bubble or own little world that Wanda created, and sword is involved. You know, right? Um, you can read into, you know. They keep talking about, uh, you know, the devil's in the detail, and we know Mephisto's going to show up. Um, you know, they talk about for the children, and we know that Wiccan and Speed, the the twins of, you know, uh, Vision and Wanda, are going to show up. Yeah. So there's things like that, you know, but you also have, like you mentioned, like your little moments, uh, you know, like in the first episode where uh, Vision's boss is choking, and... Uh, you know, Kitty from that 70s show. I, I, I forget her actual name. Um, yeah. She goes into this weird loop. Yeah. And she's just like, you know, <laughs> like just laughing like, yeah. while like, yeah, while her husband's like dying on the floor. Um, again, just very weird. You know, you have, there's a scene where Wanda, she's hearing and you hear throughout both episodes, like who's doing this to you, Wanda, who's doing this to you. And for like, for those who don't know, Wanda Maximoff, she she can alter reality in the comics she's gone so far as to wiping out you know 90 percent of mutants by just uttering the words no more mutants you know she's brought vision back from the dead she's you know 
made children out of thin air. Like it's it's just that is a thing she can do, and it seems like that's what's going on here. Um, I just felt this might not have been the the show to start. You know, this phase four with because again, there's like they're just they're just they're not explaining enough, and I don't need everything explained to me. But I definitely feel like okay. You sh- like, you didn't have to do both episodes like this because I mean that was the one thing I heard. A lot of people were turned off by like, okay, these first two episodes are black and white, and it's just like it's not what they want. It's the same thing. Like I, you only have ten episodes, and you've already wasted the first two. Like it should have been okay. The first episode is this gimmick. The second episode, we're getting right to fucking right to it and kind of explaining what is going on because again, you only have eight more half hour episodes and I don't necessarily have the confidence in them after these first two episodes that like we'll we'll get what most people are expecting if that makes any sense well that's the thing to me like I wonder I wonder if only the black and white or maybe even like the early like 60s 70s 80s like maybe we'll get two more episodes that are 30 minutes in length. I I think more as we start to see it break away from the actual sitcom format, Mm -hmm. like right now we're seeing a sitcom basically for the first two episodes. But I think as we see the outside of that bubble start to bleed in, it'll slowly, you know, in in the same way that like the one, the one, the first episode was in like the four, three aspect ratio of the old TV. And so we're seeing a, a sitcom and then now once we start seeing any of the sword agents outside, it'll slowly go back to like a normal, like an hour, 45 minutes or so. I'm hoping that that's the way it turns out. Um, but I, I think what we're seeing, like a lot of people are like, she's imagined this whole thing. And some people have speculated that maybe the show is on a graveyard or something. I really think she came to a city and she's puppeting everybody. Oh, so, for, like, sh- for sure. Yeah. Like that's very much yeah, like, like when the one guy's like, Oh, what's your story? And then he starts choking. She choked him subconsciously, I think. And then you'll notice like the guy falls down and then she's kind of, she kind of breaks out of it. She's like, vision, vision, help him. And then instead of like plates on strings, he literally sticks his hand in the guy's throat and pulls the, the food out. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a breaking of the sitcom format. And then same thing they're they're doing like this fundraiser for meeting the kids. For the kids. Yeah. And then Dottie, who's kind of an asshole, starts talking to her and gets like really snide with her. And then the radio starts breaking and hit Wanda, who's doing this to you. And Wanda's concentration breaks, you know, because she's like, what the what? And then as soon as it breaks, that lady's like, Who are you? What what is this? And then Wanda hurts her again, and then she snaps right back into, you know, I'm the I'm a Stepford wife. Oh, clean the blood out with, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's little things like you heard a boom. She goes out and she finds a toy helicopter with a sword logo on it. I really think that was a real helicopter that entered the bubble, and then her chaos magic turned it into not a threat. And so you're, you're gonna. I think you're gonna see little things like this, and you're gonna slowly. Every episode is gonna accelerate how much sword gets involved. So I, I, I still think it's a little early to 
think maybe that this is how the whole series is going to go. But um, yeah, thir- 30 minutes is not enough for something like this. I, I really hope the the episodes just end up increasing in length as you know the real timeline starts kicking in. So yeah, I mean, yeah, just these half hours. It's not. It's yeah. It's not going to cut it. Like yeah, and it's it's different with like Mandalorian where it's new so we're used to that format but with like these marvel properties like i mean even the netflix shows they just they gave you everything at once yeah well and and also this is the first real mcu thing we're seeing in like almost two years i think so like not not only is it short you know by normal standards but like we've been waiting for it for so long we're all just like we want more give us more stuff what are you doing with this 30 minute stuff so yeah kevin kevin f spoiled us um but yeah no i mean i'm i'm excited and hopefully episodes do get longer and it does change the format because yeah i'm very much like i i want this show to be fucking amazing and from other people who've seen other episodes they are saying yes it is great I did not see any of that in these first two episodes. Again, not that I didn't, not that I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, I think reviewers got the first three episodes and we only got the first two. So like, hopefully the third one starts picking up steam. We'll see. But, Oh, speaking, speaking of MCU, did you hear about, uh, uh, Captain America back in the fold? Oh yeah. Allegedly Steve Rogers is back. Uh, yeah, which like it's a movie. yeah, which Chris Evans was like news to me, and everyone was like, Ugh. and it's like, well, yeah, what do you expect them? Do you expect them to be like, hey guys, I am making a secret cameo. It's gonna be fucked up. Like, no, yeah. he's not. You know, he is going to play coy the entire time because that's how actors work. Um, it's like wrestling, you know. Yeah. No wrestlers like, oh yeah, you know, tune in exactly at this time because it's gonna be some crazy angle. Um, well, famously, you and McGregor had to do the same thing. Everyone was like, "You, hey, would you do an Obi Wan Kenobi show? Would you do a Kenobi show? What about the Kenobi show?" And he kept saying, "I'd love to if they talk to me." And then, you know, it's revealed they're doing a Kenobi show, and he's like, "I've had to lie this whole time, otherwise, I would have tipped the hat to everyone." You know, like yeah. Um, so, but no, it, it just work <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where they put him in. You know, like I. I've famously voiced how disappointed I was in him uh, as, you know, the man spent uh, five years telling everyone to move on. And then the minute that he got the chance to be a little selfish, he was selfish and uh, yeah. went back in time for his own good. But no, it'll be interesting to see where they where they slot him in. Like, I wonder if it's just going to be like a what if voiceover thing or if you see him in like a flashback that we didn't actually see in the movies, but like it's insinuated that this happened along the, you know, the phase three, one through three timeline. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe, or, you know, maybe because in that universe, you know, in the MCU, there is just old man, Steve Rogers. Yeah. You know, you have captain America as portrayed by Falcon and you also just have old man, Steve Rogers. So, they could go that direction or it's like you mentioned, you know, there could always be just some fuckery where they're like, yeah. yeah. Or Hey, maybe Wanda's like, Hey, uh, Captain America, you're young again. And you know, does a little, I dream of genie nod and he's young again. I don't know. Um, but I do know that, 
earlier this week, I was able to record uh, an episode of uh, Why Did We Ever Meet with uh, the Allen Club, Wes and Ashley specifically. Cash was occasionally there. Um, so that'll actually come out later in the week. Um, and of course, I'll, I'll let you guys know when it comes out and stuff. But uh, this week's guest is my buddy Jordan Goodman, who he and Wei Ting of Post Wrestling are coming together to do a new podcast over there uh, at Post Wrestling. It's called The Wellness Policy. It focuses more on uh, mental health. You know, there's uh, it's something like you and I talk about a lot. You know, we, we kind of went in depth. We're not so much in depth with it, but we talked about it uh, with the Daphne episode that we did um, a while back. And like where you and I are two proponents of like, hey, Ben, it's okay to have feelings, Um, you know, because for so long there's just there's been that stigma. And we all know someone like that. You might, you know, you listening might be someone like that who just feels like, you know, it's the manly thing to do to not cry and not have feelings. Um, But no, like you're not a robot. You know, it's okay, yeah. it's okay to feel things and it's okay to talk about your feelings and it's okay to like go to therapy and work on yourself to just become a better person and be happy with yourself. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what Jordan and I talk about in this interview. Dave, unfortunately, you know, got a little busy with those uh, devs <laughs> that kind of screwed oh. him. Um, Dude, this whole week was the worst. Yeah, but like right before the interview, I got stuck and I was like, I can't make the interview. But of course, Berto is an expert interviewer and uh did did the biz you know yeah and it's it's a really fun interview you know again just hearing jordan's like perspective on things it's that's that's one of my favorite things you know like i uh there's a few times where i kind of gassed him up and it wasn't so much me blowing smoke it was like hey no my friend is really uh good at this and like hearing him talk about you know how he incorporates uh music specifically into his practice of you know uh just helping others it's it's very interesting and hearing kind of what he wants to get out of this show with waiting and you know out of the post-wrestling universe uh it again also interesting because it's it's kind of it's kind of like our podcast in a sense of like it's a wrestling podcast with rest with a wrestling community but not really about wrestling um, right and again it's just you know he he wants people to get better and be you know bad motherfuckers because the one person that you should admire the most as far as like yeah that's a fucking cool ass bad motherfucker is yourself you know and if you don't feel that way about you then hey maybe maybe there's things you can do to work on that to feel better you know um we all have insecurities we all have things that we hate about ourselves um but the best part about like being human is that you can work on those things and those things can get better and that's kind of what we delve into this interview you know with uh jordan and myself um you'll from time to time hear his famous uh cowbell uh you know when he does his unnecessary conversation videos he has a cowbell that he hits uh so if uh, throughout times you occasionally hear a cowbell that's what it is you are in fact hearing the the famous cowbell uh but yeah uh, it was a really fun interview um so without any further ado let's go ahead let's go ahead and get into this week's interview with uh jordan goodman i made the tweet a while back about how i consider myself very lucky to be part of the post wrestling universe uh and how that originated from me simply uh, calling into the law one night and Braden Harrington of Up Next being the one to answer the phone and 
him recognizing me and me recognizing him and uh, now I'm friends and even part of the post wrestling universe. And one of my favorite things about you know this community uh, is just the diverse cast of characters within that community. And right around the time of uh, the quarantine, kind of maybe like March or April, uh, the Up Next Boys put out a specific episode called Surviving Quarantine in which they had uh, this week's guest on Jordan. And very interesting this man jordan i call him a charismatic enigma he has a very interesting outlook on life and just kind of just approaches things very differently but in a good way and uh not too long after that i uh, stumbled upon his unnecessary conversations instagram live videos which are a blast i've been a guest i from time to time will post clips of myself on there and uh very just very fun very interactive and uh, we began talking soon after that, and I mentioned that I wanted I wanted to have him on this show because, again, he's just such an interesting person to talk to, and I, I wanted everyone to know uh, how fun he was, really, if I'm being honest. And he told me to hold on, wait, because he had a special project that was going to be announced around Christmas time, and when it was finally announced, I was so happy. Uh, he is one of the co-hosts of post wrestling's uh brand new podcast the wellness policy which drops this week and uh boy am i excited for it um again he is uh host of chocolate croissants podcast uh, unnecessary conversations as i mentioned he's a licensed therapist a recognized leader in drum circle facilitation a former ring of honor employee ladies and gentlemen without any further ado let's go ahead and get into this week's guest uh none other than jordan goodman jordan my man how you doing? Yes, I am wonderful, and thank you for that that lovely introduction, Scrump. It's great to be here with you. See, I felt a little bit like I was rambling on, which like I I love doing the intros for people, but sometimes I'm like, just shut up and get to the point. But I mean, it is something with you, you know. Obviously, like I again, like I mentioned, you are someone that like I admire just the way you carry yourself because there is that like genuineness about you. Like there's sometimes you speak to people and it's like, oh, cool. This is just like this like persona or character you're portraying. Um, but you're very much like how they say like Stone Cold Steve Austin is Stone Cold Steve Austin just turned up a bit. Um, I would very much describe you in that same way because, uh, yeah, like, you know, clearly there is some exaggeration when you watch, uh, you know, unnecessary conversations. But like in speaking with you and getting to know you, like I remember listening to you on the surviving quarantine episode uh, that the Up Next Boys did with you and like reaching out to Brayden. I was like, whoa, I was like, who is this guy? Like, what does he do? And like for, for people unaware, you know, of, of who you are, why don't you just, you know, quick, just what do you do? So I prefer to lead with what I believe. And what I believe is that life improves when we feel most meaningfully connected. And I've been able to achieve that outcome, or at least that has been my aim through all kinds of different uh, work or, or creative projects. Uh, so I'm a licensed psychotherapist in the state of Maryland. Uh, just about all of the clinical work I have done uh, is as a drummer. I often lead a group therapy or individual uh, sessions uh, using drumming and rhythm uh, more generally. I have been a lifelong drummer, musician, uh, in the ways that most of us think of musicians in at least a Western culture. So I've played drums in rock bands most of my life and toured and put out a lot of records and things like that. I teach music, uh, but I also love pro wrestling. And for a few years, I, I worked in a branding and communications capacity at Ring of Honor. 
And uh, I have a podcast, Child Kicker Sants, with uh, one of the most successful drummers uh, in, in, the, in the rock space. His name is Matt Halpern and uh, my brother Justin. Uh, Child Kicker Sants is that. And, you know, music and wrestling, those are the two things, Scrump, that since I was a very young child, uh, has I've just been naturally attracted to those things. And I found that when I engage in either music or pro wrestling or sometimes a combination of the two, that's when I feel most alive. That's when I feel most effective. And I've been able to explore all those things uh, and more in all kinds of different ways. Well, there's very much like a similarity between the two. Like oftentimes I find myself, again, just from the outside looking in, is like when you hear stories from musicians and from wrestlers, like there are a lot of similarities. Yeah, man, there's so many parallels to your point between pro wrestling and and, and music. Uh, performance art is performance art. And depending on how you slice it, if you're looking from the fan experience, plenty of parallels. If you're looking from the performer's experience, uh, same. And even just more generally from a business perspective, uh, there's all these uh, uh, parallels that can be applied more universally. And for me, I found a lot of success in, in rock bands uh, in, in like the mid-2000s, 2005, 2006. And not only was I the drummer of that band at the time, but I was really the, the entrepreneur of the band. I managed the people within the organization of it. Uh, I was a publicist. I was a booking agent. I was a merchandiser, in addition to being a uh, you know music composer and performer. And I, I've always said that I learned most of that paying attention to pro wrestling and, and WWE more specifically uh, than paying attention to other bands, especially when it came to branding and merchandising and, and things like this. So when I was given an opportunity to pitch uh, Ring of Honor uh, myself and why I would be a good person to create a position uh, for, uh, even though I didn't have, let's say, professional experience within the genre, even though I had been trained and performed as a teenager, as a pro wrestler, uh, I was able to point to all these other experiences that I have had, uh, whether as a band or being able to successfully introduce uh, rhythm-based modalities in credible, legitimate ways uh, in the mental health space. Yeah, it's like, that's the one thing when, again, when just hearing you speak about this, like, it's very clear that you know, one that you're aware of, like, this isn't something that I was traditionally trained in. And it's just something you kind of just learn along the way, which, like, it's also people forget that like, that's also a very valid way to learn things. You know, like myself, I'm much more hands on, you know, you can show me as many instructional videos as you can, or give me, you know, how to's. But for the most part, the best way for me to learn is just, you know, just do it. Fucking doing it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. When I, in 2005 in, in undergrad, I was taking any class that I thought could help me with the band that I was in. I was taking marketing classes and PR classes, media classes. And when I was in one of them, uh, a marketing or PR class, I remember asking the professor, like, when are we going to start speaking about social media? And there was no plan to talk about social media, yet I was booking weekend tours using the MySpace Radius tool. And at that point, I realized, you know, I'm making money and I'm making fans uh, in real life and in real time doing this and perhaps uh, taking classes, at least at that university at that time, would not have been the wisest investment of, of time, money and energy. I no, I, I totally agree with you. Like I went to film school 
for about a semester. Um, my I want I very desperately wanted to go to Full Sail, and this was before WWE with Full Sail was a thing. You know, it was mm-hmm. just. I remember like re- looking, doing my research, and I was like, "It's an accelerated program, like you know, please, mom and dad." And we're my parents, you know, we're like lower middle class, so they did not have the money to send me to Florida to go to film school, you know. So I kind of was like, "All right, well, I'll I'll put away some money and then try to find something in the city, eventually do it." And then there's the realization of like, "Oh no, I'm." pretty much going to be at this place for a year and relearn things i already know and then the second year maybe if i get chosen get like the chance to do what i want and it just very much wasn't for me so i was like all right like i'm i'm out of here and just by the nature of like this is something i'm interested in and have wanted to do like i've met people within you know this field that have been able to to help me where i say all the time like i haven't made a film yeah but it is something that i plan on doing and like again i could have gone to school and spent you know fifty thousand dollars to get a piece of paper that says hey we this guy's qualified to do it or i could just invest that time and those resources into like doing it hands-on and again like it's it's very much like well maybe it'll flop sure but i'm also not trying to uh you know uh make the avengers like it's Mm. it, it, it everyone like sometimes people have like these vague goals or vague you know like oh i want to be a wrestler well that's fine you can go to a school and get trained and be a wrestler but do you want to be a wrestler or do you want to be you know the next john cena like it, it is always two different goals and you know you said music's always been your in your life like it's something you wanted to do i'm pretty sure that you know once you started to learn how to play it's like okay i'm very much a musician but now i want to be in a band and like perform was that you know, was that pretty much the way it went with you or was it just you and some buddies were like, Hey, let's, let's start up a band. No, that's all I wanted ever since I was a little kid. You know, I wanted to be the drummer of a rock band that had many engaged fans at shows willing to offer their time and money. And I've got to live that dream, uh, you know, hundreds of times over the past 15 years or so. Um, you really hit the, the nail on the head scrump when you said uh, vague goals. Vague goals are gonna give you vague outcomes. Uh, Really, it's having a sense of where are you trying to go? And obviously with life, things evolve and change, but if we're not really clear and, uh, and really tending to what our goals are and where we're trying to end up, it's going to be a lot harder to to find ourselves there in the future. Uh, education, especially higher education, is a wonderful thing. The, the issue is, I especially at graduate school, I have a master's in clinical and counseling psychology. I noticed that most of the students there were mostly interested in getting A's. I didn't give a fuck about getting A's. I was there to test my theories and ideas around uh, integrating drumming and rhythm with uh, clinical and counseling psychology, with psychotherapy, and with group empowerment work, et cetera. And that was my laboratory. It was also an opportunity for me to network with professionals. All of the professors there were already making money teaching, but also doing clinical work and research as well uh, in the field of psychology. What an opportunity to network with dozens of professionals that have already had some level of success. And because I went to grad school with such clear vision of my goals and objectives, 
the A's just naturally came, you know, I, I, and they weren't telling me what to do. Now, thank God for these professors, they were incredibly supportive, even though many of them were a bit curious and uh, perhaps skeptical about my vision. But for instance, I, I, I had to take a family therapy class. So I took the theories and the techniques of family therapy and found parallels of uh, techniques and theories uh, of rhythm and drumming made the connections and that would be my research paper and presentation, not unlike finding the parallels between the music business and the pro wrestling business. Uh, but that was my responsibility. I wasn't waiting for a professor to tell me, uh, this is what we're expecting of you. This is what you should do. Uh, because that professor wasn't going to be there on day one after graduation, uh, holding my hand and saying, here's how you get the first job. You you meant you've mentioned a few times now, like you incorporate music. That that is your method. That is your best best way of 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 doing this. What is it? So how? Because I, I know you've been posting like videos recently of you doing these like drumming circles and stuff. Like what is you know? Are you graduate and you're just like, all right, cool. I'm ready to go out in the world. Like how soon is it that you just start like incorporating music into it? Or did you kind of go like a more traditional route of like? you know, setting up an actual office or were you just like, no, 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 we're going right into, you know, like these drumming circles and just in, in things of that nature. So I was already hustling this drum circle thing years before I graduated with, with the masters and then eventually became licensed as a psychotherapist. Uh, as soon as I found the connection uh, with evidence-based research, uh, proving that a specific group drumming protocol uh, had significant effects uh, with uh, cortisol, which is the major stress hormone, then that became like my golden ticket of sorts. Here is uh, evidence uh, which is needed within a scientific and clinical and academic circles uh, to suggest that rhythm and drumming more specifically uh, has healing effects. Now, obviously, if we think about it, drumming has been used and rhythm more generally for thousands of years uh, across virtually all cultures for, uh, for community building and for healing. Uh, in our Western uh, consumerist culture, we often just treat art as a product. So when we think about drumming or drummers, uh, we think about uh, them doing it for entertainment's sake uh, or drumming education, et cetera. Uh, I knew intuitively just because I was able to open my eyes and ears enough to understand that drumming has endured for millennia. I also knew that when I was pissed off, uh, you know, throughout my life, or if I wanted to just celebrate and feel good, I would play drums. Uh, and by the way, music therapy has been a field for decades as well. So uh, as soon as I made the connection with the research, uh, I went out and I got trained by the neurologist and music therapist that had been doing the research. Uh, I discovered that drum circle facilitation was a thing and was a profession and had their own annual conference, uh, for instance. And I seeked out using fucking Google, the leaders of the world doing drum circle facilitation, the, the, the people that Google would hire for a, a corporate uh, retreat, for instance, uh, using a rhythm-based uh, methodology. So it, again, it was my responsibility to make this shit happen. I connected with the world's leaders in it. I got my own education outside of the more traditional academic education. I incorporated what I learned on the outside uh, with the, the master's program. And then for a year and a half, I reached out to anyone who would give me an opportunity to try it out. So friends that were teachers, uh, anyone that led community, uh, whether it was faith-based 
or workplace-based uh, or community-based or otherwise. And I said, hey, if you would just give me an hour, perhaps, uh, to come for free, and I want to try out some of these things. And what I would ask in return is that a person that potentially could give me feedback and would maybe want to hire me in the future, uh, perhaps they could be present and I could get feedback, perhaps a testimonial if they found value in it. And for a year and a half scrump, I just workshopped it. I figured out uh, what can I do that's effective? Uh, what works with this population versus this population? Uh, do I enjoy working with, let's say, uh, professional adults more so than kids, more so than uh, in a nursing home setting, uh, et cetera? Uh, rhythm is universal. Rhythm is the universal language of all human beings. And it's allowed me uh, to engage rhythmically with all types of people, uh, whether they're segmented by uh, a population type uh, or more so based on a, a cultural type, uh, like everyone working at a specific job or uh, at a specific school, for instance. Um, so I just went out into the world and I asked for opportunities. I led with love. I led with value. And all I ever asked was uh, for just feedback and, and perhaps uh, a testimonial if they found it to be of service. And that was my building blocks. Eventually, I started charging for it. And then eventually, I started charging more for it. And then when I became licensed, I partnered with a private practice and I began servicing uh, mostly adult day programs throughout the Baltimore community. Uh, these are adults that don't live on their own, uh, often have a clinical diagnosis like schizophrenia. And I would go to these day programs for years and uh, we would build community and we would heal in a drum circle format. And uh, as I continued to do it in non-clinical ways too, with businesses, conferences, uh, schools, faith-based communities, et cetera. There's something that you that you said a few times repeated that I kind of that like stuck out to me specifically is how like music and sound it is it's universal language like um I I come from like a Hispanic family and the one thing that just I vividly remember the most that every every sort of get together every sort of occasion uh, was music it's always mm. that and um like more so more so now that I'm older. Um, like I find, like I find comfort in that music. It's not necessarily music that I will, because I mean, my, uh, because also my Spanish isn't uh, that bueno, um, mm. you know. But it, it's one of those things that like it brings me co comfort and brings me nostalgia, and so I, I can I very much like can understand that that like oh of course that it's something as simplistic as like drumming because even then like I'll you know. I, I I don't no I didn't mention it to you the other day when you did the unnecessary conversations with uh, our friend Emily. Um, at one point she was like stressed and you were like, "All right, well, you know, you you grabbed your drum and you were doing a breathing exercise." And me myself, I was also I just gotten off work, so I'm tired. And I'm doing it along with you guys, and it was one of those things where I was like, you know, afterwards I'm like, "Oh, like that very much kind of helped center me," at, you know after coming off like a long shift and it was just as simple as breathe and i'm gonna play this drum and just concentrate you know on on the breathing and on the music and very you know i was, I was just like oh like that that very much helped you know like to put me in a better place when i was just kind of like tired and a little anxious and stuff so i think that's very awesome like 
to me, people that choose to, hey, this is something that I'm good at, whether it's some sort of trade or, or any case, to put it to use to like to help others, like that's awesome to me because like even when I heard that you and Way and we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit, we're doing um the wellness policy at Post and kind of just focusing on mental health, like that to me is awesome because I feel like you know this what is it, Gen Z the I don't I don't even know what what kids these days are labeled, but I feel like this Zoom, is, Zoomers baby z- yeah Zoomers they're a generation now where like it's okay to talk about feelings you know like I think and I'm not sure about yourself like I'm I'm fortunate enough to where my parents weren't really like withdrawn about their feelings and it was okay for us to um to talk about how we felt like it was okay to cry you know specifically yeah. like as a male like it was okay to cry like there wasn't a like don't that's a girl thing don't do that like never never heard any of that and so it was like a little weird for me at first kind of going out into the world and like you know knowing friends or coworkers or you know in school and things like that there's just like no i don't cry i'm i'm a stone cold robot i've never cried and it's like well why like it's okay to have feelings about these things and again it's different people raised differently but i do like that that is more so a thing now where like more people are talking openly about their feelings and there's more awareness of like hey you know like if you're feeling you know depressed or suicidal whatever the case may be like here's a hotline or people just avidly post like you can talk to me come to me and talk about it because again like just as a kid that wasn't really a thing for me at least that i heard like talked about as openly but now like it's it's more so a thing and um like what what was the what kind of led to you and way getting together and wanting to you know have a show where you just openly talk like about mental health and stuff like that sure of course um and first i just want to comment on on the story you shared about the the last episode with Emily and and that drum exercise, uh, that made me smile really big. So thanks for sharing it because what you were describing was a sincere, uh, valid experience that was really beneficial, it sounds like, for you. Uh, What's funny about that is that I did that on what is uh, meant to be an absurdist comedy show. And I think it's in those moments that I really like hit the sweet spot of what I'm trying to do, uh, just as an artist and 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 a creator it, with with that series in particular, uh, because I only think the comedy can really work if I'm able to pull at the opposite end of it and and sometimes uh, offer whether it's uh, just um, perhaps some some wisdom. Uh, through the drum, um, or just something uh, in- insightful or interesting with my commentary. Uh, but that is really the push and pull that I'm often trying to achieve uh, in what is uh, mostly a-, a-, a fucking waste of time. It's called unnecessary conversations, <laughs> and that's the point of it. But we're in a global pandemic, and uh, we got to occupy ourselves in productive ways uh, instead of doing other things that uh, may numb our feelings of. Uh, fear or anxiety or depression that are completely normal uh, given that we're living through an unprecedented global pandemic uh, with with economic uh, you know uh, collapse in certain ways and uh, political upheaval etc uh, etc et so uh, that has been one of the healthiest responses I believe I've made 
um, of many uh, over the past 10 plus months. And for, uh, and for, for any of those people aware, because I'm, I, we keep mentioning it and um, Unnecessary Conversation is an Instagram live show that you do uh, weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, just at your leisure. Um, it, it just explain, explain, because I mean, with my perception of it is it's just you having fun, you know, with your friends. Um, yeah. Uh, so at Jordan Beatwell on Instagram, honestly, it started about 30 weeks ago as a way for me to flirt with a girl uh-huh. who did not live anywhere near me. And I said, yo, we should just go live on Instagram. And uh, you should- Who are you, Austin from Texas? Uh, uh, well, Austin from <laughs> Southwest, Southwest Airlines, yeah. to be more specific. Uh, hashtag. Put a hashtag on that scrum. Uh, and yeah, that it, it became just a thing that was fun as an exercise. So I did it uh, uh, next week with another friend who uh, we deemed a cowbell theorist. Uh, hence, I now have a cowbell as part of my communication, and that's extended beyond just the uh, absurdist, I guess, communication that I show up uh, in the world with, you know, sometimes. Um, but it just became a thing that felt good. Look, Scrum, I, I ask myself a very simple question very often. The question I ask myself is, does this feel good? Doing that unnecessary conversation felt good, so I did it again. And then it felt good, so I did it again. And then eventually it evolved into what it has become. And there's like a nice community that's been built uh, within what Unnecessary Conversations is. And it's been a nice way for me to uh, hang out and and even network uh, with people like you and people from all over the world. Uh, So that's what that is. Uh, You know, and it's, dude, I... I, I like performing, you know, mm-hmm. all I wanted as a child was to be on stage beating the shit out of my drums. Uh, I have not been able to do that uh, in, uh, in, in over a year now. Uh, we, my, my band had a show booked uh, for the end of April and we strategically decided not to play for many months prior because uh, from a, a, a branding and marketing perspective, we wanted it to be treated as an event. And it would have been uh, an event, and unfortunately, that event will be indefinitely postponed. Uh, thank God for the internet. It allows me to uh, act like a, a clown uh, through Instagram Live. It allows me to be a bit more uh, grounded and intentional uh, with the Chocolate Croissants podcast and uh, and this thing that I'm going to do with Way starting this Thursday uh, called the Wellness Policy. I very much before we take into the Wellness Policy, I. I I see exactly what, where you know where you're coming from as far as like being a performer because like pri- prior to me starting up this show maybe like two or three podcasts that I had done and I'm someone who I I don't like seeing myself or hearing myself like recorded and I know that's a common thing with a lot of people and like I'd done a few with like Braden I think uh and like when Stank and I tossed around the idea of of doing the show like very like i don't like listening to some of those early episodes because you can very much hear how robotic and um, nervous we kind of are and like now you know it's just it comes natural to me and like i now it's just like a thing that i love it's you know sort of my unnecessary conversations where it's just sometimes sometimes think and i will just sit here and and talk before we even hit record because it's just it's sort of like therapy almost you know, mm-hmm. and it's very mm-hmm. like, and I very cut. You mentioned, you know, you have your your little community over at Necessary Conversations. Uh, shout out Brady four two six, I believe it is. Um, 
but uh it's kind of the same thing here you know we have like our friends of the show and like sometimes to just hear like the weird because again i'm very much like an open book um i don't you know i unapologetically love what i love and will openly talk about things and i sometimes just forget you know like i don't know if it's the same case with you sometimes because you also seem to be pretty much like an open person um but like sometimes people will be like oh man you know you you talked about this date that went bad or whatever on this episode whatever happened with that and i'll kind of have to like oh huh yeah i i guess i did kind of talk about that and it's now gotten to a point where like you mentioned where like it makes me feel good like i like doing this and like oftentimes like some people especially with podcasts because during quarantine everyone everyone started up a podcast uh which is fine you know like i'm not uh i'm not giving anyone shit for starting their own by all means no, it's a wonderful thing and yeah. uh there's plenty of room for everyone to express themselves exactly but it was one of those things where like i know a lot of people who kind of did it for a few weeks and and just stopped but like i consider myself lucky so far that this is something that like i'm still kind of passionate about and i was like off mic talking with you about like there's more coming and more that i want to do and i love too when like my friends start doing more stuff like doing more podcasts like you know again we've talked at nauseum about them but davy and brayden who used to just do one show a week where they talked about up about uh nxt and now they've got 37 shows a week it seems where they talk about you know everything from video games movies you know old wrestling what's currently going on and like if it's my friends, like I'll support them. That's why uh, Wei Ting. Some obviously love John and Wei, but like Wei Ting, who typically, you know, it's mostly just wrestling. You hear him talk, unless it's him and his uh, Pauline, his fiance, talking about like total divas. Uh, that's why I was, I was so intrigued when uh, he announced on the Christmas show that you and that he and you were going to do uh, the wellness policy. Which again, let's let's talk about it. What is what is you know the idea behind the wellness policy? Yeah, well, shout out Pauline, uh, first and foremost. Uh, love that show that they do together. Uh, l- l- well, okay, the wellness policy, uh, to your point, what we were saying before, it's really just a natural extension of private conversations that Wei and I have had over the past many months. Uh, I found Wei Ting, you know, maybe eight years ago as a fan of live audio wrestling and, and the, the many podcasts that he and John Pollock would produce. Uh, I was a fan for many years. I bought a T-shirt with his face on it. And uh, maybe five years ago, uh, all the, the shows I was playing with my, my current band, Reindeer, I just wore Wei Ting. And like just as a thing, I thought it was funny. And like I really like the guy. I'm a big fan. And uh, I ended up getting a job with Ring of Honor. And as soon as I had the job with Ring of Honor, I, I, I connected with them. And they, they had an idea, I believe, of who I was already, uh, just based on being a, a listener of their show and, and also, uh, you know, having public pictures on social media of wearing a waist face on my chest. Uh, but I said, yo, guys, like, I'm doing this at Ring of Honor now. And obviously, uh, when I came at them with that, they're going to ha- respond with a bit more interest because uh, there's there's more in it for them, naturally. Uh, so during my few years at Ring of Honor, uh, I continued to develop a relationship with the two of them. Uh, John more so than Wei, just given the nature of, of what both of them do within uh, their organization. Uh, but it's funny how you mentioned your 
uh, coming to uh, know Braden. Uh, I met Braden in person uh, during my first show that I worked with Ring of Honor. This was Global Wars Night 1, 2017 in Buffalo, New York. And one of the things that I was doing that night, uh, I was responsible for coordinating press. And as I went out to meet the uh, the, the people that came, uh, you know, I'm just introducing myself and asking for their names and, and their publications. And the first guy that responded was, hey, I'm Braden. And like my eyes lit up and I was like, yeah, from the law. And his eyes lit up like, holy shit, why does the Ring of Honor guy know who I am? <laughs> Uh, so then I was like, okay, well, like I'm going to have to go get the Bullet Club uh, for, for Braden to chat with. Uh, and that became my mission. And uh, he and I just were chatting throughout the show. And then uh, we maintained a relationship. And as soon as uh, the law ceased to exist, uh, you know, I reconnected with, uh, with Braden and, and continued to chat. And that's really what it was, uh, just – uh, as we all do uh, often online, it's just a matter of connecting with people. And, and sometimes uh, we go deeper. Sometimes we talk about just the commonalities, which would be wrestling in this case. Sometimes we talk about personal things depending on, uh, you know, the nature of the relationship and the dynamics. Uh, Wei Ting, I asked him to be a guest on the Chalka Croissants podcast, uh, I guess, over uh, the summer, perhaps. Uh, again, he's someone that I had never really talked to. Uh, I said, hello, nice to meet you uh, for all of five seconds in New Orleans a few years ago. Uh, but he's someone that I find really interesting. I find really creative and I wanted to connect with him. I had a platform through my podcast to offer him uh, and he was willing to, to accept. And that was our first conversation. That was fun. Again, does this feel good? Yes, that felt good to engage with Wei Ting. Uh, I asked him to be a guest on Unnecessary Conversations. He was skeptical. He said, if Braden does it, then I'll do it. So I reached out to Braden. I was like, hey, man, you got to fucking do this thing for me. Uh, I assumed he enjoyed that. Uh, Wei Ting watched it, and he was willing to play the game of Unnecessary Conversations with me. And then from there, uh, we connected. Uh, actually, I guess after we did the Instagram Live, uh, we just continued chatting in private, and that was nice. Um, one of the ways in which I am evolving my profession right now is offering more professional coaching. So the, uh, the drum circle based, uh, business that I've had for 10 years now is called Beatwell. Uh, I'm transitioning that to Beatwell professional coaching. Uh, I said, Hey, wait, this is one of the things that I'm doing right now. Again, as I was doing 10 years ago, just looking for opportunities to uh, test the drum circle to see what works, what doesn't work. Uh, I'm doing that now with this professional coaching service. Uh, I asked Wei if he was interested in doing a few sessions with me. He said he was, uh, and that gave some structure. Each week we would talk for you know one or two hours, uh, mostly me in service of him, but we created the, the boundaries to be flexible, to just chat also more personally, or for me to be a bit more indulgent instead of being completely in service of him with uh, the coaching for, for an hour. And from that, I think he and I realized that we have a nice dynamic. It's fun to talk with each other. And I think he uh, was really able to articulate for himself that he was desiring to share more uh, in, in a public forum 
uh, about things that are not related to pro wrestling, for instance. Uh, you know, he's interested in in mental health and wellness. Uh, we're both interested in creativity and culture and entrepreneurship in a 21st century uh, and things like that. So uh, it was very natural uh, for us to get to the point where we're going to have this debut episode this Thursday. And uh, I'm really fucking excited, dude. What do you What do you hope to get out of like out of doing this? Because I mean, obviously, me as someone, you know, who like I'm obviously connected to the post wrestling in this weird sort of way, but also like as a listener of of you know all the shows they put out. Like I'm very much excited for this. Add on top of that, like two of my buddies doing it because you mentioned you know with Way, like he is someone who both John and Way. You know, I two people I I look up to. You know, especially like when I first started this endeavor, they were two people who were way more helpful. You know, than they sh- probably should have been. But you know, always very very grateful for all the help they were. But you know, way you know, John and Way both two very creative people. Like you mentioned, even outside the world of wrestling, there's so much. There's more layers to them. Um, so definitely very excited to hear like some more non-wrestling stuff. Cause, uh, like even, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, the, the total divas review show that he does with Pauline. Like I don't even watch total divas, but it mm-hmm. is interesting hearing him, you know, him and him and his fiance just, just talking like, you know, cause it, it's a little different because it's not your traditional wrestling show. It's it's a reality show about these wrestlers um so it is interesting so i am I like genuinely you know i i want to hear you know this debut episode just to hear you know wh- what it is basically but what are what are some things you hope to get out of it so i have a few very clear objectives that i shared with way because i feel to be just transparent uh is just good policy uh i miss being involved in pro wrestling uh i spent two years uh, working in a leadership position within Ring of Honor, uh, and I have not done that. Uh, I left the company uh, after the G1 Supercard event. Uh, it was my decision to leave. I was very happy to leave, uh, but one of the things that I do miss in my life is an active engagement uh, within pro wrestling. So this allows me uh, to do that. Uh, what I'm really excited uh, to do within the space of pro wrestling is to be myself. Uh, you know, I was really engaged in in meaningful uh, ways within uh, or through Ring of Honor, but it wasn't me. I was working on behalf of Ring of Honor. I was creating copy uh, and and imagery and video uh, for the brand of Ring of Honor. Uh, So now I get to be me. Uh, Look, I loved my time at Ring of Honor, uh, but especially touring with them, it wasn't like uh, touring in a band, uh, which, which I've done throughout my life, because Everything I was doing was in service of the performers, and rightly so. That was the job. Uh, but you know, I wanted my my time on stage, and I wasn't getting that. So I was happy to do it for the time I did it. Uh, but now the wellness policy that allows me to to use my voice and speak on behalf of Jordan Goodman, and not on behalf of an organization like a wrestling promotion. Uh, so I'm very excited to engage within a pro wrestling community again. I feel very passionate about uh, expanding these conversations around uh, mental health and wellness within the community. Uh, The Chocolate Croissants podcast that I've been doing since uh, 2017, uh, I've been able to do that within the music space. 
you know, the three of us as hosts, uh, we are musicians. Uh, most of our audience are musicians. Uh, many of our guests are musicians as well, but we're not necessarily talking about music. Uh, just like Wei and I won't be talking uh, about pro wrestling specifically, but it's a show for a pro wrestling audience. So obviously references uh, and uh, examples perhaps uh, will be based in pro wrestling. That's the community. That's the culture uh, that we're creating and sharing within. Uh, you know, I also told Wei, from a business perspective, this is content marketing. I'm launching a new service, a professional coaching and consulting service, uh, and it would be smart for me uh, to speak to audiences. Uh, Wei has a ton of credibility and trust, uh, and, and rightly so, after a decade plus of building relationship with a large audience. I'm one of those listeners. And uh, I know his culture, I'm part of the culture, uh, and I want to be of service and, and, and offer a ton of value. Obviously, by virtue of doing that, I'm going to develop uh, relationships uh, by people listening to me and interacting us, uh, hopefully with us, live on Zoom. Uh, that's another big part of what we want to do. It's going to be Zoom-based uh, because we want to facilitate conversation and discussion uh, with the listeners. Uh, but having this allows me uh, content to clip out so I can uh, clip out a 30 second uh, riff on um, uh, mindfulness meditation or I can cut out a three and a half minute discussion about creative entrepreneurship. Uh, and that gives me content to uh, amplify to a larger audience that, hey, this is who I am. This is my personality. These are my beliefs. And perhaps this is how I could be of service to you. I, I very much I you saying all of that i just want to fast forward to thursday now and and listen to that debut episode but there is i think something about you 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 i want to kind of touch on uh, you you know like doing what's essentially a wrestling podcast within the world of wrestling within the context of wrestling but not necessarily about wrestling like that was goal number one with this show you know like we've there's so many like i talk about all the times like we well, Stank and I will never sit down and review an episode of Raw or NXT, anything like that, because John and Way and, you know, Braden and Davey, like, they do it so much better that I, I won't even bother trying. You know, I'd much rather, like, if that's what you want to listen, go listen to, you know, my guys over here. Um, but, like, I enjoy, one of the things I enjoy doing is just getting to know people and getting to talk to people, especially people, you know, within, like, the world of wrestling, because they are essentially much like yourself like a rock star they are it's it's different you know you kind of just see things different and there's a lot there's always interesting stories you know mm. i like i've i always referred to to an episode that we did with effie you know um independent wrestler effie we talked for maybe 45 minutes before he stops and goes hey you guys have not asked me about wrestling once do you do you want to hear my origin story and we're like, sure, you you can if you want. And he gives like a quick one minute abridged version of it. And then we go back to talking about like Baby Yoda or whatever, you know, whatever the hell it was that we were talking about. And that sort of just became like a thing, you know, where like I I would just much rather like what's going on with you? What's going on with your life? What are you interested in? And kind of things like that. Because again, like specifically with the world of wrestling, be by virtue of like, oh, these people are professional. These are superheroes that we are mm -hmm. investing our time into. Um, we often we often put them on these pedestals, um, but like people forget, 
a lot of the times like these are just no, they're like you and me you know they just so happen to put on spandex and you know fight each other for for a living um so it is always you know like refreshing when you you listen to a podcast and you hear what these people have to say and it's just like oh okay like you're you're normal you know aside from the fact that you know you get paid millions of dollars to body slam each other or whatever the case may be like you are just like a human at the end of the day and i always think it's interesting to hear those kinds of stories and you know again by you saying like you want to to you know a wrestling podcast in the world of wrestling but not necessarily about wrestling and specifically more you know towards mental health which again like within the world of wrestling that's not really a thing that's ever really talked about like you've had unfortunately like a lot of wrestlers who have turned to substance abuse or you know even then unfortunately have taken their lives and one could argue well maybe if there was a better support system there if there was a, a way for them to have talked about their problems they would have necessarily had to you know turn to drugs alcohol whatever the case may be but i i definitely find it interesting that like again within the world of wrestling there i don't really know any other shows that kind of focus on mental health so definitely i'm excited to hear you know kind of what you guys have to bring as far as that goes well thanks man i'm excited too and yeah i mean this is a cultural issue i mean mental health is a cultural issue imagine if more generally uh as a a western culture we treated mental health in a similar way that we treat dental health uh where we brush our teeth twice a day and go to the dentist a few times a year uh in good practice for instance uh we don't talk about or treat mental health uh, in these terms. Uh, and I feel like I can be most effective when I have a, a more targeted specific audience. Uh, and that is uh, the pro wrestling community. Uh, luckily the pro wrestling community is made up of, uh, millions and millions of people all over the world. Uh, you, you, you really uh, touched on something, uh, really important in that the thing that connects all of us is our humanity. So no matter what the job role is or whatever our interests may be uh, or beliefs even, we're all human beings. Uh, what I really like about what we've done with the Chaka Croissants podcast is that I am not interested in asking, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, just more famous people. So, for instance, we had a Donnie Wahlberg on uh, or one of the members of the rock band A Day to Remember, for instance. Uh, at the end of the conversation, they both uh, expressed how enjoyable it was because we had no interest in, in talking about like their new album. I'm more interested in who is the human being? What are their habits? What are their routines? What, what, what are the uh, failures that they've bounced back from that have put them in a position to create that album and share it successfully with an engaged audience? Uh, that's what I'm mostly interested in. And I think for a lot of people that I've engaged with in this way, it's quite refreshing because uh, it's not the expected conversations that they're typically going to have with, uh, say, a music publication. Uh, and, and these are often the the people that they're talking uh, with. Uh, I'm excited that Post Wrestling is a wrestling community and is a wrestling publication of sorts. Uh, but within that uh, pro wrestling uh, foundation, uh, we can start to uh, maybe build uh, a, a, another sandbox or, or playground for us to engage the audience within uh, and have these, these more human conversations. And 
look, per, who knows what will happen as a result? Wei and I are very open-minded. We're very flexible. Uh, we're going to start slow and do these once a month. And who knows what kind of uh, engagement uh, or not there will be. Uh, perhaps this resonates uh, with their fans. Maybe it doesn't. Perhaps it resonates with pro wrestlers. Uh, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but it's it's worth the shot. And uh, yeah, again, like I'm, I can't stress enough how excited I am uh, to be doing this. Yeah, I again, it's 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 always one of those things for me. Like whenever I see friends doing something cool, that I'm like, oh, I'm like, I uh, like there's there can very much be like I have like I have friends that work for like movie studios that I could very much just be like, Hey, what's going on in this next one? But I oftentimes just like, don't even tell me, like, I just want to go in blank and not know what's going on. And even like, again, since like you started, well, like when I heard way announce it, I immediately wanted to be like, Oh, Hey, what's this, what's it's going to be about? Like, what do you guys? And I was, I read in my, in the back of my head, I was like, no, just go in blank. Like I know the content that like both of you guys put out and like how well you are at it. So, or how good you are at it. You know, so even in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'd rather just go in blank and not know, you know, kind of what's going on. But again, after hearing you talk about it, um, Thursday can't come any sooner. Thanks, uh, dude. No. Yeah, we're, we're, ta- we're taking it seriously. We've had many discussions that have, you know, evolved over the past couple months. We have a decent uh, objective of what we're trying to do. We have a decent vision for what episode one can be. Uh, but like I said, we're going to be incredibly uh, flexible and uh, responsive to what's happening in the room. Uh, we wanted this to be Zoom-based. Uh, the way I initially pitched it to him was you and I are going to host a dinner party. And yeah, the two of us may be uh, at the, the head of the table and kind of facilitating conversation and, and teeing up uh, perhaps the topic or topics uh, of, of the, the day. Uh, but we want people to raise their hand on Zoom and, and offer their perspective. Um, it will be, uh, you, you know... A, there will be structure and, and we will, it's, it's not going to be like a fucking free for all. Uh, but we want engagement. We want this to be a community based podcast. I don't know if that is like a a term that exists, but a a community based podcast sounds really good to me. Uh, with chocolate croissants, we've been effective at doing that with a private Facebook group with a few thousand people from all over the world. Uh, but this with zoom in particular uh, allows us uh, to be closer to a radio show, uh, but in, in a more intimate way with the uh, just the the features of Zoom as a platform, uh, we want to literally sit in community with whomever uh, is willing to join us. So what you're saying is I won't be able to spam the comments and give you shit for not having seen uh, the 1999 cinematic masterpiece known as The Mummy? Scrump, you can do that, but I'm going to kick you the fuck <laughs> out. You see, one of... Uh, the one thing I like again about uh, we'll, we'll kind of uh, we'll shift that it's a little bit about wrestling, but I do want to like with unnecessary conversations again. It it has been happening uh, as of late because your last guest was uh, you know our, our friend Emily, and seeing the reaction from her friends who have never seen the show because one of my favorite things that you do after you um, do these interviews is you'll you'll do these little clips. And tag the person in it, and they're all out of context for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. And just seeing her post the reaction of people, like I posted the one on my story of you, like breaking character. You're like, no, please. You're like, don't send me the mummy movies. 
I don't want to watch them. And I had so many people that were like, hey, why is this guy so uh, abrasive towards the mummy? And it's funny, you know? But again, seeing these out-of-context clips, I think, is the charm of unnecessary conversations, specifically because how long they can often go. Like, I, I know the last few ones have gone, like, four hours long, and I think it goes to your credit as, like, a content creator to, on the spot, be able to go, like, live for four hours and people still be around because, again, myself, during this last one, I think it was, like, the three-hour mark that you guys were, like, we've been doing this for three hours. And I'm like, well, fuck, I have to stay around now. Like at this point, I'm way too committed. And plus, I wanted to hear the end of that uh, Austin from Southwest story. Um, but yeah, like it's it's very evident again from just from just knowing you for you know as long as I have, like how passionate you are about creating content. Um, and yeah, you, uh, so just sort of as as we wrap up here, um, I do want to talk some wrestling. Um, cause as you know, everyone that we have here on the PWT cast, there are two questions that, uh, myself and stank was obviously not here. Um, which wouldn't it be the best if he just, if like he was here this whole time and just started talking and was like, oh, you guys just seemed really into what you guys were talking about. I didn't want to interrupt. Um, but yeah, I would actually quite enjoy that. <laughs> if he's here, we can give him a, a brief moment to reveal himself. No, he's. I don't think I'm. I'm waiting myself. No, uh, but again, you mentioned having grown up wanting, you know, loving wrestling and loving music. Do you remember your first piece of wrestling memorabilia, whether it was, uh, you know, a toy, uh, VHS, uh, anything of that? Like, um, your first piece yeah, of wrestling, yeah. anything? So I do remember. I must have been five years old and flipping through the, the the TV with my dad and probably my brother. And I think he landed on wrestling. We're like, "Yo, what's this?" And he flipped back to it. And I, I know that was my introduction to pro wrestling. And then a couple of days later, my dad and my brother Justin walk through the kitchen door in our home uh, with a Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, the, their action figures. So those were definitely the 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 first toys or memorabilia of pro wrestling and i also remember our mom uh taking us to some uh video store and what they had was wrestlemania 5 so i probably watched wrestlemania 5 dozens and dozens of times as a child so that that, those would have been the first which like it's all because again even last night for the brief time that i joined you guys in the twitch like the, every I feel like everyone has that that story of the first wrestling DVD or, or VHS, the first wrestling show that I got, I watched religiously, you know, because it, it was myself with WrestleMania 21. Like I had a buddy who was like, yeah, here, I burned it on this disc. Do you want to watch it? And I would just sit like at the family computer just re-watching it over and over. And was it like the best? Probably not. But like to me, it's like few WrestleMania since I've been able to capture like that feeling and I get it. Not every, you know, not every WrestleMania is going to put on a, a Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. Um, but it is just always interesting to me, like as, as different as wrestling fans are for the most part, as far as like tastes and you know, what, what their wrestling is. I, I do love like when you talk to different wrestling fans that at some point that story will come up, you know, like whether it was, uh, uh, again a vhs dvd something everyone has like that one show that they just like resonate with that they watched you know umpteenth times um 
Yeah, man, don't sleep on, uh, I believe it was the Rockers versus the uh, Akeem and Big Boss Man, Twin Towers, WrestleMania Five. Don't sleep on that. I see. I always talk about how again, you know, when I got into wrestling, it's like Braden Harrington is also one person who knows a lot of these like random wrestlers. Like I, I completely forgot until Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful the other day posted. Uh, what was it? Rene Dupree and uh, Kenzo Suzuki, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I remember that happening as a kid and thinking, whoa, these guys are gonna light the wrestling world on fire. And um, unfortunately, Jordan, that that didn't happen. Nor did the hmm, nor did the Basham brothers. Who again, if you listen to my episode of Unnecessary Conversations with you, uh, you know, big oh, yeah. big tag team back in my day when I was younger. And again, I thought these guys were gonna light the world on fire. And I think they wind up being Paul Heyman security guards on the WWECW. Huh, Doug and Danny, right? Yeah, who, uh, who I learned later on in life weren't actual brothers. Really? Yeah. Apparently, they were just two uh, uh, OVW guys that they were just like, hey, can you just shave your head bald and we're going to call you guys brothers? Wow. A, a work from the start. Yeah. Um, but again, so or, or on to our second question, because you worked in wrestling. And so uh, when you work like in wrestling, it is sometimes easier to like amass some sort of like wrestling memorabilia or maybe it's just something that you've had from, you know, when you were younger. Um maybe <laughs> you know of the various wrestling memorabilia that when you do your unnecessary conversations is part of the set maybe something from there will fall into this but do you have like a favorite piece of wrestling memorabilia that just holds a special you know place in your heart hmm that is a good question uh you know i'm really proud one, one of the things i got to do uh, as someone responsible for you know overall branding and communications of ring of honor for a couple years uh, it was my job, if I found it to be necessary, to say, hey, there's an upcoming pay-per-view. Uh, perhaps we should rebrand it visually. So this is what the logo is going to be. This is uh, what you know, you'll know you see visually on the screen as far as like uh, transitions, lower thirds, uh, the music, uh, the, the ring skirts, etc. cetera. Uh, so I took on Death Before Dishonor as one of those projects. Uh, and here I have with me uh, one of the turnbuckle pads uh, with my rebranding and signed by a few dozen of the talent that performed that night. That's that's pretty awesome. Like I, there's like certain thing about like being involved with shows. Like like to, uh, to a very 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 smaller scale. Like I was, uh, like I was there for all in. And you were the penis druid. I was one of the penis druids. Yes, but even prior to the show. Uh, myself and uh, my manager and my boss, we came out and like threw t-shirts into the audience and, and things like that. And so that show just like, I, I always have uh, my go-to answer. Like whenever anyone asks me that, cause from time to time people do, it's like the, the backstage all access VIP, whatever you want to call it pass. Because like, again, I played a very small part in as, as far as, I helped them out by filling in a slot for one of the penis druids that they needed. And, you know, I ran around to the target to grab whatever things that they forgot to, you know, have for the shows buying, you know, whatever the case, what like waters and things like that for them. Um, but I very much feel like, okay, well I was still, even though it was a minor part, part of that. Uh, but I don't have a 
you know assigned turnbuckle by all of them which probably would have been cooler and i think before everyone went to different companies and all went their own way would have been a, a smart thing to try and get um mm. but uh, hey i was one of the penis druids which uh i think well look you 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 were in full gimmick and you had uh ten thousand plus fans chanting rest in penis yeah which is that's always weird like again i've i've had few times where because i i then go on to win the uh, freelance halloween battle royale uh dressed as that same in that same penis costume and i it's always weird having to explain that like on dates i had i had one <laughs> i had one very successful date that came from that it was funny enough it, and it involves post wrestling you know this is it, it kind of bringing it full circle when uh you know, uh, John Way, Davey, and Brayden came uh, to Chicago for All In. I was like, come by the store. Like, one of my favorite things to show people pro wrestling tees. Give them the tour, you know, which you will get whenever you come to Chicago because it's it's my thing. Um, and so I gave them the tour and everything. And then afterwards, we go get food. After that, there was uh, an office-themed pop-up bar. Uh, and we took them to that you know we have a good time and whatever we're leaving we're walking back to our cars because we parked we, we parked a few blocks away uh we're walking back and i i physically as if it was some sort of rom-com bump into uh this girl who worked at hot topic and i would always see her there but never spoke to her and you know bump into each other we wind up connecting a few weeks later uh i bring her staff donuts for black friday uh, and then we have a date shortly thereafterwards. And so we're talking and, you know, obviously wrestling comes up just by virtue of that's where I work and things like that. And as I'm about to tell the penis druid story, she goes, I have a confession. I'm like, well, what's this confession? I'm like, what is it? Oh, my God. And back of my head, I'm like, oh, great. She's got a boyfriend or something. She goes, I know about your wrestling. I was like, oh, really? She goes, oh, it just so happened that that night at the freelance show, she had two separate sets of friends who were there for whatever reason watching the show and saw me win, you know, said match as the as the penis druid. And then in conversation, you know, her saying, oh, I have a, a date with this guy. Oh, who's this guy? Showed, you know, picture of me. And they were like, holy shit, we saw that guy win a fucking wrestling match dressed as a penis. So she was going into this date already knowing I didn't have to, like, sit there and explain why i was dressed like that or anything she just already mm. knew that i already won this wrestling match and i was just like oh yeah it's just a thing that i did then i guess uh, so that worked out in my favor but you know after that date any other time i've explained like oh i've won a wrestling match and they ask how and then i have to go and test or it is always weird you know but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, rest, pro wrestling is weird, Scrump, and that's why we love it. Um, look, as anyone uh, I'd imagine listening to uh, a podcast like this probably knows that uh, Ring, of, Ring of Honor was intimately uh, connected to that all-in event. Uh, and so if you keep kayfabe, uh, I'd be happy to mail you something uh, from that event that I think you'd really enjoy and appreciate. I will kayfabe it up, brother. Um very disappointed that I didn't get to meet you. We've had this discussion. If we've, we might have met in person. We might have not because, uh, after the MSG show, which, uh, I did not go sit with Braden and Davey. I remember them mentioning you by name because I was staying with them at their Airbnb. So they mentioned you several times and I was just like, all right, me, one of me and my buddies, we went and sat, uh, 
a few seats away from the man that got struck by a ladder that night. Uh, and then afterwards, oh yeah, I I met him at the bar afterwards. So oh, then you know what? Then we might have met because I remember afterwards I went to go get uh, dinner or whatever you would call it at that time of night uh, with a friend, and then afterwards I met them up at the bar, and I know MJ was there. MJ from NJ. And I met there. him. I, we did speak for a little while. Yeah, because I I was unaware. Talking about keeping kayfabe, he used to post as Mitch Gelkoff and MJ from NJ. And so in my head, these were two different people. And, you know, we're like, we're walking to to the bar or whatever it was afterwards because we had already left. I don't think Jesse from the Six. No, Jesse from the Six was not there. Um, but we're walking to some bar or something and i'm like yeah oh i wish i could have met some more of these post wrestling people like you know mitch kilkoff or uh thorsten vendel <laughs> thorsten vendelmuth like just names that just came to my mind and he goes i'm mitch kilkoff and i was like no no no, you're mj from nj uh but lo and behold they were the same person so i think we might have met in person but again once once all this pandemic is over i'm very much looking forward to us uh linking up as the kids say, because, uh, again, my one takeaway from post wrestling is that it's introduced me to so many like cool people, uh, that it's a bummer that a lot of them, that a lot of these people I've gotten close to has been right at the start of this pandemic where normally I'd be like, Hey, let's go fucking hang out. Uh, much like, you know, Austin from Southwest, I'll fly in and hang out with you for a weekend. Um, but can't really do that now. Um, so I, you know, as, as we sort of head out of here, I guess the one thing I want to say is thank you for coming on. And like, as someone who, who tries to, to push like mental health and it's okay to talk and, you know, I know he's listening. So my buddy Wes, who, who's raising two wonderful children as far as like, talk about your feelings and, you know, it's, it's, it makes me feel good that there's people out there who are making that okay. And even if it's within the spectrum of wrestling. And again, like you said, if whoever does listen to it, if there's something that they can take away from it, I think you guys, you know, quote unquote, win as far as achieving your goal of like trying to spread awareness for this, because again, it is and specifically in males. It is a thing that just most guys feel some type of way of like admitting that they have feelings, which I don't understand why i again again dude it's just it's just cultural exactly uh, you, you know and and these oftentimes uh, we, we call them soft skills even though i don't really like that terminology but whether it's empathy or active listening uh or vulnerability etc uh you know many of us especially men uh interpret these things as as weak or or not manly but i believe that the more self-aware and self-compassionate we can become uh, the more empathetic we can become the better listeners uh and communicators and and leaders of human beings that we can become uh if we lean into these skills and really develop them uh, like that is what is going to make us most manly uh, and these are the things that are going to make us the baddest motherfuckers alive beautiful we'll we'll go out with that jordan where can people find you uh and where can people listen to uh the wellness policy this thursday when it drops at jordan beatwell on uh twitter and instagram is fun uh the wellness policy this thursday 3 p.m 
Eastern Standard Time on Zoom. It's a uh, it's open to all post wrestling cafe members. Uh, so patreon.com slash post wrestling is where we are going to do that. Uh, Beatwell.org. You can learn more about my uh, drumming uh, empowerment type work. Uh, Chocolatecroissants.com uh, for the podcast or simply search Chocolate Croissants in your podcast app. Uh, and if you're listening maybe in February or later to this conversation right now, then uh, Beatwellcoaching.com would be live as well. Awesome. And uh Again, like I say with most of my friends that I have on here, you're definitely going to be a part two because I definitely do want to have you on. I, en- I enjoy speaking with you. And uh, I'm just going to throw it out there now, even though I'm not having uh, asked for your permission. But uh, one of our Patreon shows will be a movie reviews. It will be something to do with movies. And I will bring Jordan on for one of the Mummy movies because it is my goal. Uh, to get you to watch at least one of them um, for no other reason other than you said you don't want to. Uh, but Jordan will be on one of those shows. We'll figure it out sometime in the future. Um, but Jordan, thanks again for coming on and uh, very much looking forward to the debut episode of The Wellness Policy. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much, Scrump. And thanks, everyone, sticking with us and listening. We appreciate you all. Thank you again to Jordan for that interview. Yes. Uh, again, you know, it's, it drops this Thursday over at Post Wrestling. So uh, make sure you're following them to, to hear that episode. Uh, like, very interesting to hear what Wei has to say. Wei is, uh, you know, very creative, very smart guy. Uh, yeah. And I like hearing his non wrestling takes. We did a quarantine special with him earlier in the year where we just talked Legos. Or Lego, yeah. I'm sorry. It's the plural form of Lego is Lego. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so very excited to hear what they have to say about that. Um, I'm I'm really happy that like mental health stuff is really being highlighted, especially with people of our generation lately. Like you, we all know someone, you know, who was older that grew up in a time where you bottle it up inside. You, you be, you know, especially with men, be a man. Don't don't show your emotions. And a lot of times, those are the guys that they were good people, but they ended up being alcoholics that beat their family. <laughs> You know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. because you didn't deal with your own stuff, it bled over onto other people. And then it may have propagated those same mental health issues. So, yeah, I mean, we're at a time where we know a little bit more about, you know, the mental health aspect of things. And, you know, if you're not feeling well, it's reach out, ask for help, work on yourself and, and don't feel bad to just, you know, let people know what you're feeling. You're, you're not a sissy or a wimp or anything. And I'm, I'm really glad that that stigma is kind of starting to go away. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's okay to take just like a mental health day sometimes, you know, like, yeah. uh, you, you know, Saturday we came into the shop to work and my plan was do X amount of work. Uh, I, well, I was sitting there, I was doing work and at a certain point I was just like, Ugh, you know what? Not feeling it. You know, yeah. and um, it it was it's been a little bit rough, you know, like as far as, uh, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes I feel my depression coming back in, kicking in. And I'm just and it's typically when I just like start eating like shit. So I know that has to do that factors in because right. they also did just open a Chick-fil-A over here. And I got to say, I'm not 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 a fan. Like, it's OK just it's not, not long lines good no for the weight that i had to wait 
not yeah. n- not good whatsoever. You know what I do miss though? Um, I had so one of my friends, uh, Diana. She she recently came back into my life, uh, and uh, you know, friends drift apart at times. But um, she's someone who we started speaking again and was very uh, got very good for my mental health. What what it was was uh, I was talking to my to Vivian you know mention her all the time vivian in front of the show because she she's also friends with this person diana and she mentioned like oh yeah you know a group of us got together uh because i'm friends with most people that i went to high school with you know like i'm i'm still the the people that i was close with i'm for the most part still close with almost all of them and you know she mentioned like oh a bunch of our friends got together and they were all like talking about me and how like they were like, oh, it's so cool that, you know, that you do this podcast and we're all proud of you because, you know, it's like it's you. I was I was kind of always just like, oh, I want to do something with my creativity. I just don't know what outlet. And this outlet right. is kind of taken, you know, that shape and just kind of hearing things like that. Like it definitely made made me feel better. And sometimes that's what it is. Some Like if your friends or if one of your friends are doing something cool you know, like even earlier in the week, I had Andrew Thompson reach out to me and like, hey, man, he's like, you know, I, I I appreciate all the nice things you're always saying about me and my work. And it's that, you know, like if if I if I know someone who's doing something great, who's doing, you know, like I want to let them know, hey, I think what you're doing is fucking awesome. I think you're doing a great job at what you're doing. Like I, I do it at work all the time as well. And I think sometimes maybe they think I'm just, you know, trying to trying to be funny you know but no it's like i i mean it like i i have no qualms about telling any of my friends or family like hey you're doing this thing and i think it's very awesome and sometimes something small like that can you know can affect you it it, it can brighten up your day or maybe just make you feel a little better you know i don't think compliments are going to fix uh uh chemical imbalances in your brain but it does make you feel nice hearing someone say like hey i'm proud of you you know and especially like i'm the type of person that like if if someone if if someone I look up to starts telling me like, hey I'm pr-, if anyone starts telling me anything, hey I'm proud of you, you're working hard, like I immediately start to get like all fucking thank you, you know, like I'm very uh, like earlier um earlier last month I had Ryan uh, tell me some very nice things, and it was uh, not that he doesn't ever compliment my work, but just hearing him say these things, it was very like uh thank you like i didn't i didn't know exactly how to react at the time because i'm weird like that um but well that's that's the thing too like as humans it's so easy to pick out the thing to make fun of right and i do it all the time we all do it all the time you know haha look at this look at this dummy's hat or something and sometimes we do it in jest sometimes we mean it a little more seriously but like like you said, when you get a compliment from someone that you really care about, you, you don't even really realize how much it means to you until you get it. And it's just the simplest, you know, token or expression of care to tell someone, hey, man, you, you're looking really good today. Or, hey, I noticed how you how hard you work on that project. And it's just as easy as doing a, a jokey cut down. But like the visceral reaction you get from something like that from a friend or from someone you respect or a family member. I mean, that could mean, that could mean your entire week to you. And that was, it's just an easy way to do it, you know? Yeah. And that was the case with me. Like, you know, those compliments definitely helped. And then, uh, you know, her, my friend, Diana, her and her sister, Cynthia, they have their own podcast and 
they put it out and i uh like i, I posted about it on the on the pwt cast and in, in instagram mm-hmm. but it's very fun hearing them like retell these stories because again from like junior yeah like junior maybe even sophomore year onwards like they they own this taco shop right by my high school um which was great because it was it's it's primarily a white neighborhood with little mexican food anywhere and theirs was like readily available it was really good and their family always treated it like her friends very well and her dad was always like really generous as far as like no 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 here have some free you know have an extra taco or something or have like free soda as long as it wasn't the jaritos because the jaritos was like more expensive than just your regular fountain drink uh and i spent so much time there like i literally like i'd be like i would get out of work and I'm like, oh, I'm tired or I'm, I'm not tired yet and I'm hungry. Might as well go over there. And because my friend Diana, she had to work like from eight to four in the morning. So I would just be there at times, like to the point where like there'd be times where I'm like, I should just fucking clock in and help. It's so busy. Uh, but I never would. Um, but that brought back some memories. You know, like it, it's always fun. Like if you guys, uh, you know, if, if you guys listening are still close with, uh, you know, older friends, like hit them up see how they're doing um just give them a chat you know it's it's always fun retelling old stories and if you don't then hey uh you know there's always room to make new friends i i'm very happy that through this podcast like i mentioned in the interview with jordan because i happened to call into the law one day uh i made friends with Braden harrington and because of that it snowballed into me having you know so many friends from just Hey, we all listen to the same goofy show, and it always it always make warms my heart when I see like fans of this show, um, like become friends. You know, like if I if I see like a Ryan Mears and Jesse Kohlenberg talking, I'm like, oh my god, Dave. I'm like, we did this. You know, <laughs> I'm like, these two people now know each other because of us. Um, so that's always fun. Um, but yeah. Dave, I'm I'm over here looking at my phone, and it looks like we've been going on for a while now, which. Yeah, means it's unfortunately that time of the week where I've run out of things to say. And I, too, have run out of things to say. All right, you guys. Well, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here. Friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.